Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. This is the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. While you're here, if you would just hit the follow and subscribe button so the podcast would show up in your feed every day, I would greatly appreciate that. And also while you're here, if you would rate and review the podcast wherever you're currently listening to this, that would be greatly appreciated as well. About to dive into the Vikings victory over the Detroit Lions 28-24. Okay, like I said, the Vikings defeated the Detroit Lions 28-24 in very ugly fashion. Um, There's a lot to break down in this game. Cousins throws a last-minute touchdown to K.J. Osborne, who defeated Mike Hughes, former Minnesota Viking great, who the Vikings drafted in 2018. I think he played for the Chiefs last year. And it seemed like the Vikings took advantage of Mike Hughes a couple of times throughout that game. But the Vikings won ugly. And for the first three quarters, it was the most boring football game I thought I had ever watched in my entire life until I watched the San Francisco 49ers-Denver Broncos game on Sunday Night Football in which the score was 11-10 in a game that showcased the punters. There's a couple of times in the Vikings game where I thought the Vikings lost. At the end of the third quarter, Dalvin Cook fumbled uh, after his agent tweeted some things on Twitter about giving the ball to Dalvin Cook. Then he fumbles, gets injured, sounds like he'll be okay. I thought the Vikings lost because they were driving down the field. They're down 10 points at this moment. And um, there really weren't many mistakes left for the Vikings to make in order to come back and win. The second time is when the Vikings failed to convert the fourth down conversion to Adam Thielen. It looks like the ref missed the holding call. Everyone got on the rest for that one. But the refs had been consistent with the holding calls throughout the game on that number 24 from the Detroit Lions. And missing that one just burned a little bit. It burned the loins because it seemed like that was the game. And then the third instance is when the defensive holding call happened against the Minnesota Vikings with just a few minutes left when Goff spiked it. 
It was going to be a second or third down. The clock stopped. The Vikings had a timeout left. Automatic first down, holding by Cam Bynum. There's a couple different times at the end of the game where I'm like, okay, I was talking to my wife. I said, if the Vikings don't score here, we're turning off the game. And I'm like, ah, the Vikings didn't score. Dalvin Cook fumbled. And I'm like, well, okay, let's just see if the Vikings get a stop on defense. The Vikings get a stop on defense. And then they're driving again. And then here comes the fourth down. And I'm like, well, if the Vikings don't score in this possession, we're turning it off. The Vikings don't score. They have to give the ball back up to the Lions. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just see what happens. Alexander Madison runs in a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's a three-point game, but it's the Lions' ball. I got hope again. Going into this game, I predicted that the Lions would lose to the Vikings 28-27. to But the day before, on Friday it was, no, it was Saturday actually, I said I had a raunchy feeling about this game. And I believe that I was vindicated by that raunchy feeling because that was as raunchy a three-quarters as I've ever seen from the Minnesota Vikings. It was boring. It was ugly. No offensive rhythm. The defense had no resistance. The Lions were doing whatever they wanted offensively whenever they wanted to do it. They were running. They were throwing. There was no pressure on Jared Goff. We could not stop their star receiver, Amon St. Brown. Swift was swifty, schooling Vikings defenders, getting several yards. It just seemed like the Lions could do whatever they wanted offensively through the first three quarters. And then the Vikings defense held strong at the end of the game. Plus, the Vikings offense got, well, I mean, we got down 14 0 early, reminiscent of the Philadelphia Eagles game. How would the Vikings respond? Well, they didn't respond as badly as they did in the Eagles game. They tied the game up 14 to 14 going into halftime. Cousins threw a touchdown to a wide open Thielen, who turns out he's still on our team. And Devin Cook ran in a touchdown, too. But clearly, the Vikings' offense was struggling to get going. Justin Jefferson couldn't get open, and when he did get open, he dropped a couple of passes. One of the passes, he got lucky because there was a flag on the play, so it was an automatic first down, regardless of whether or not he caught the pass or not. So the formula is out there to stop the Minnesota Vikings offense. Shut down Justin Jefferson, double-team him, triple-team him, do whatever you need to do to slow him down, and you will slow down the Minnesota Vikings offense. One great thing that I noticed, there's a couple of great things, of course, but one great thing in particular that I noticed at the end of the game, it was a quote from Kevin O'Connell. He said that the touchdown pass to K.J. Osborne is something that they drew up last minute, which tells me O'Connell is all about making adjustments. I'm not sure why they didn't make those adjustments earlier on in the game. Why did it take four quarters to recognize that they were double-teaming and triple-teaming Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne and Adam Thielen? Thielen had a good game. Osborne obviously had a great game. He caught the game-winning touchdown, but it took forever for him to get involved. And then in the last possession, he caught the 28-yard pass, and then he caught the 28-yard touchdown pass. But after the end of the game, a couple of things stood out to me. 
as ugly as this game was, the Vikings still won. And when I look around the league in the NFL, the 49ers lost to the Broncos 11 to 10. The Packers defeated the Buccaneers 14 to 12. The Chiefs lost to the Colts who got destroyed 28 to 0 by the Jaguars the week prior and tied with the Texans in week 1. And the Chargers got crushed by the Jaguars 38 to 10. There are a lot of weird things happening in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins defeated the Buffalo Bills, the Super Bowl favorite, and they've looked like the Super Bowl favorite through the first three weeks of the season. I'm not going to complain about a win. The Vikings somehow escaped being down double digits twice in that game, 14-0 and 24-14, overcame a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter. Kirk Cousins unleashes a perfect pass to K.J. Osborne, who schooled Mike Hughes, and the Vikings found a way to get it done. The Lions are a much more respectable team than Minnesotans and the national media want to give them credit for. They played good. Their defense played good up until the fourth quarter. Their offense played good up until the fourth quarter. And at one point, they had a 93% chance of winning this game. But thinking about the game and thinking about how the Vikings won, it makes me wonder if this is going to be a special season for the Vikings. Back in 2009, when Favre threw that touchdown to Greg Lewis, at that moment, you knew it would be a special season for the Minnesota Vikings. When Kirk Cousins threw that touchdown pass to K.J. Osborne, did that set in stone a special season for the Vikings? They're 2-1. and one. They escaped being 1-2. and two. And now they go into London facing a beat-up Saints team with Jameis Winston at quarterback, and they just lost to the Carolina Panthers. The Vikings should win that game. The Vikings should also win the following week against the Chicago Bears, and they should be 4-1 and one entering the Miami Dolphins game in Miami. And then it's the bye week. So, there should be no reason why the Vikings should not at least be 4-2 and two entering the bye week. Maybe they could steal a game in Miami. I don't think they will. So there's no reason why the Vikings should not be 4-2. and two. And when you look around the league, other offenses are struggling. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they scored 14 and 12 points. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, they can't figure out their offense. The 49ers scored 10 points. The Chargers scored 10 points. They got crushed. The Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have things to figure out. There's a lot of strange things happening in the NFL right now. And a win's a win, and I'll be happy with the win. The Vikings played a D-minus game and somehow managed to beat the Detroit Lions. The Vikings were awful, and I almost turned off the game four or five different times because it was a garbage display of football. But the Vikings persevered. My wife and I persevered and daughter persevered watching the Vikings just struggle into a victory. But I'd rather have the Vikings struggle into a victory than play well, and come away with a moral victory in a loss. A couple of things to touch on. Justin Jefferson, his struggle against the Lions. He had a 43.9 grade, which is the lowest of his career. He had three catches for 14 yards. He had a drop. 
After week one, my reaction to Justin Jefferson was to slow down. Slow down. Justin Jefferson didn't do anything special against the Green Bay Packers. It was the Green Bay Packers having busted coverages against Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins hit Justin Jefferson wide open several, several times against Green Bay in week one, and that's why he got all those yards. When defenses can scheme against Justin Jefferson the way that they want, we've seen, the, we've seen it the last two weeks. He's struggled against the Eagles, and he's struggled against the Lions. These last two weeks prove that Justin Jefferson is not yet the best wide receiver in football. Cooper Cup gets double teamed. There are other great receivers in the NFL that get double teamed. Stephon Diggs gets double teamed. It is a sign of respect that Justin Jefferson receives from opponents knowing that he gets double teamed or triple teamed across the field. But the fact that he can't quite exploit that yet shows me that he's not the best wide receiver yet in the NFL. Maybe he will be soon. Cooper Cup or Stephon Diggs are still the best wide receivers in football. It was interesting the end of the game. So Matt Campbell, his decision to kick the 54-yard field goal on 4th and 4 has been a topic of conversation for the last 24 hours. Matt Campbell took the blame. They went for it on six fourth downs and got it successfully four times, which is a very high percentage. I'm not a math whiz. I'm not going to figure out that percentage, but four out of six is pretty good. It's better than 50%. It's probably right around 60-something percent. Well, okay, now I'm curious. I'll say it's right around 60-something percent. Four divided by six, 66.67%. You know what's stupid? Okay, this is stupid, a little rant here. If you get five out of six, it's 83%. So let's say you have a quiz and there's six questions. If you get one wrong but five right, it's 83%. In order to get an A, you have to get a six out of six. I think that's a little ridiculous. That's a little stupid. Going back to my high school days, I remember getting a, taking a, a pop quiz getting four out of six, thinking I did good, and I got a D. That's 66%. That's crap. These percentages are stupid. If you get four right and two wrong, that should be better than 66%. Just saying. Okay. But anyway, Matt Campbell taking the blame for the loss. When it was third and 14, and they ran the ball, and they got 10 yards off that run, I was frustrated in the moment. Because I thought they would punt. I mean, they would punt if they didn't get any yardage. It would have been 4th and 14. And it's amazing how all of this worked out in the Minnesota Vikings' favor. Every single thing. I mean, obviously the 4th down conversion didn't work out. And the Dalvin Cook's fumble didn't work out. But in the final 5 or 6 minutes of that game, everything worked out in the Minnesota Vikings' favor. The Lions had a 93% chance of winning that game. The Vikings should not have won. But when... Their running back got 10 yards on that third and 14 play, and it became a fourth and four. He could either go for it, probably get it. I mean, four out of six, 66%. Or punt it and get the Minnesota Vikings down to you know the five-yard line or, or less. No timeouts, have to go the full length of the field to get a field goal. 
A minute 15 left. That's a challenge for an offense that hasn't really moved the ball well all game. To be backed up in your own territory with 115 left, you have to get 60 yards just to get into field goal range, and Greg Joseph has missed two 56-yard field goals up to that point. They decide to kick the field goal. That could not have worked better in the Minnesota Vikings' favor. The Lions, everyone is saying the Lions are still the Lions. A 54-yard field goal really isn't that long in today's NFL. Justin Tucker kicked a 66-yard field goal last year. The Denver Broncos kicker made a long one on Sunday. So you've seen longer field goals made before, but the Lions kicker historically isn't very good. So the fact that he put him out there was the best case scenario for the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are 2-1. and one. They're playing the Saints. They persevered. We persevered watching it. It was an ugly brand of football, but I'll take 2-1 and one over 1-2 one and two all day, every day of the week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Everyone have a great day. Enjoy your week. Stay safe. I'll be back on Wednesday. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 